We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heapy Podcast. I'm your host, your very horse host, Giancarlo Navas. I uh, I took, uh, you know, I- I'm going to be the first one to say it. Well, let me introduce my guest. With me today, Andrew Claudio of Knicks Film School, which, listen, we beef with the Knicks. We beef with Knicks fans. That's what we do. Those motherfuckers at Knicks Film School are doing some of the best job covering the series, and they give they give Miami... The credit that they're due, I think, and Andrew and his team over there, you know, and I, I say this as somebody who has a lot of respect for Andrew and what they do over there to play in a series where you're losing and it doesn't look good for the amount of work that those guys put in. Watch the film, analyze it from both sides. Just shout out to you guys. Andrew, welcome to the program. Your second time. Thank you, G. And uh, I feel like I'm being set up. I no, feel like it's that not. Was I'm, I'm a, a lot of buttering up so that way we could bring up that the fact that cool. I had you on our show and I told you that the Knicks were going to win this in six games, that they had this four, had that, what did I say, four of the six best players in the series or six of the best eight, whatever I said, it was wrong. And here we are sitting here on the verge of yet another Miami Heat conquest over the New York Knicks. Uh, yeah, I, I appreciate the kind words. We're we're doing a good. We're doing a good job. We're doing our hey, part. I wish I the Knicks were doing the same. Before I make you eat shit, highlight the <laughs> so, the guys that are doing the work and where they can follow them. Because I want he fans be nice to go follow these people. Because you, I learned from them, and uh, you know, I I hope you guys will also learn basketball from them. So where can where can they find some of the guys on your team? So all jokes aside, we do have like a really good crew that's covering yeah. both the Knicks and both the series. Um. They the, has to start with John Macri at JC Macri NBA. Uh, Jeremy Cohen, the coincidence is his name. Uh, ben Ritholtz and uh, DJ Zulo, who are our film guys, have been killing it, um, breaking down the film and the X's and O's. I learn something every time that they do a Knicks film session. Like the, the film school part of it is quite literally what they do. <laughs> uh, Benji, so Ben Ritholtz, we call him Benji, uh, who's at uh, Ben Ritholtz NBA. Um, he's been doing uh, this new thing on playback. The thing well, you guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. Playback. No, we're familiar. Yeah, we're we're, so, fa- we're familiar with your game. So they have a new yeah. um, screen share feature where you can share like your synergy or your league pass and break down film and X's and O's. And he's literally teaching a film class on this series. And like game one, I recognized all the problems that the Knicks had uh, from his film class. And, uh, you know, he broke down game two and it was really good. So if you want to look at from, I don't even think he does it from a Knicks perspective. He actually no, highlights guys, no. things that Miami has done well in this series, both DJ and, uh, and Benji have done a great job. So I, so I suggest it. following them. So I recommended the listeners. Cause you'll learn something. Uh, IRV 42 said, started following, listening and make fun of them, but they know they actually do great work. So listen, thank you. We love that. I am horse as hell audience. I, I planned a trip this weekend 
a long time ago because I thought Miami wasn't going to be in the playoffs at this time. Uh, and I was touring the American South, a place that I never thought I'd be. I went to the Kentucky Derby. I bet on a Japanese horse. I bet a lot of money and loss. I don't care. I was fucking fucked up on mint juleps, watching Heat Knicks, uh, partying, uh, having a good time, and then we went to Nashville. I had never been to Nashville. Nashville's pretty cool. I, listen, Nashville's dope. I, I was I was unfamiliar with uh, with how these white people party, but it was I'll tell you it was fun. I, listen, did I'm, you see the any bridal parties going by or any uh, bachelor parties was going so by much on a tractor? That, well, yeah. there was a Taylor Swift concert that night, so oh my there was God. just a lot of shit Out happening. It was the rain yeah. delayed. I stumbled out of a bar like three in the morning. Uh, oh. By the way, yeah. It should, so and then I come out. There's like a horde of fucking people in the street. I was like, "What the hell happened?" Taylor Swift got out. So uh, after she got ready, so yeah. So I'm I'm a little horse. I'm a, I'm a, Andrew's here with me to break down the series and give you the energy. Chat is happy. We're moving. Let's talk. It's currently 81 degrees right now in Miami, Andrew. It is hot. It is uh-huh. warm. I'm inside. I don't know if I could do this podcast actually. Um, it's warm. I'm I'm sweating. I thought of doing it in a tank top. You know, you may, I have a huge like sweat stain on my back. Andrew, I, 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 if this affects me as a podcaster, I don't even know how it affects these poor basketball players that are in these five-star hotels and then go on these very like well air conditioned team buses into a very modern arena. How can they play in the evening of all times when it's so hot? (laughs) I can't. Well, this is the second time a team from New York has brought up the weather in Miami. Didn't the Bills do this? The Bills did When they do were this. down in Miami. It's, oh, it's way too hot. How does the Dolphins not have a roof over their stadium? Thankfully, the Bills are what we call almost Canada, and we do not acknowledge them as one of New York's teams. And I can also acknowledge that Jalen Rose, while he played for the Knicks for half a season, we do not claim him either. And while Mike Greenberg claims to be a – uh, not a knower of all things Knicks basketball. I also do not claim him. Um, I, I I can't even entertain how stupid that narrative has become. Gee, how how I, are it's, Knicks fans? It's so dumb. Because like, like okay, like complaining about the officials. Every fan base is going to do that all right. the time. That's whatever. Nick Muse going out sad. You hate to see it, but that's whatever. That's normal. This is just this is next level shit, dude. So we're laughing at it. There's no way your your fan base like it's, yeah yeah. Your Taylor Rose is spitting. This guy's making good points. He's though not the intelligent part of the fan base. <laughs> I need that. I need that clarified. The smart part of the fan base is not saying he has a good point. It may be the coping part of the fan base where they're grasping at straws as to how this became a three-one deficit. But I I know I have when I. And look, I saw Alf's tweet earlier today, like why you don't watch ESPN. That's exhibit A. Exhibit B is literally every quote tweet I saw today <laughs> of Stephen A. Smith being like, yo, I'm done with Julius Randle. I'm I'm disgraced with RJ. He Barrett. threw up. Andrew, please be, it's be a respectful. Wash. Stephen A. Smith just, threw up. That's listen, vomiting's not very fun. He went through a lot last you know. Listen. I understand entertainment's a thing. I understand that we've gotten so far away from actually trying to inform people that we're just trying to entertain them. Um, but the further and further away from like good back and forth discourse that ESPN becomes, the closer and closer they get to Fox News, and it's why I don't watch it anymore. Fuck so. that. A- Amen. Amen to that. Chat says, uh, Elites XBL says, thank you for not giving into to the narrative, Andrew. Although you're named after my favorite hurricane, I don't know if you're familiar with hurricane. Oh my god, I'm named you. I why is that a favorite hurricane? <laughs> I think he's being sarcastic. I hope. I'm glad you know what that was. That's a devastating hurricane. That's yeah. Oh that's shit. hurricane Andrew was so fucked up and changed all the construction rules here. I remember. I believe me. I don't remember, but obviously, I, it's one of the first things you read about, especially being an Andrew. Yeah, yeah he was, when <laughs> you've you've heard it before. You know, I I met a girl in college named Katrina. Let's just say she wished she was. My wasn't friend dated a Katrina. Katrina too, and it wasn't. It, <laughs> so was, it was around it. that time, so. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. They, they should name him something else. Uh, at least it's yeah. like, yeah, he's he's kidding. Oh, you lived in Naranja. Ooh. Well, glad, glad you're still here with us, bud. Yes. There you go. <laughs> um, Andrew. So here we are. Miami's at the cusp. They're up three. They're up. Uh, they're up three one. Game away. They're going into. They're going into. MSG, North. I guess right. The North Branch. <laughs> 
that I'll claim. That I'll that claim. you'll claim the, the yes. MSU North where the possums check your ticket at the gate. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're going up there. They're playing. They're playing a game. How did we get here? Because I went on your show and we we broke down the series. And I w- listen. Chet knows I wasn't like raw raw. I'm raw raw now. But I was you know from a basketball perspective, I was like, well, at some point they gotta like not shoot well, right? That's what I was thinking. I was like, yeah, I am. Max is going to like be Max and Gabe is going to right? And in a way, some of that has happened. They've all just not done it at the same time. Like Gabe didn't have a good game. Max had a good game, right? And th- th- that usually they would all just have bad games. Um, so I just want to talk about like how we got here because I, I think we talked about how the role players on New York were going to just outplay the Miami role players. Uh, th- you know, that's what a lot of Nick fans I think felt. And I don't think that was like the most crazy thing in the world. The Miami's role players were, was really not their strength throughout the year. I think we all discussed, even after the Bucks series, that depth would not be something that we would have ever considered to be a strength of this Heat team. And, and yet it has been. I mean, they're playing Zeller, like Lowry Zeller minutes are like decimating New York. And that pick and roll is like really. So I guess I guess let's start there. Like, you know, the, the battle of the benches has just gone Miami's way. I think. And I want to start with Kyle Lowry because I think that he's mm. really the guy that has been the difference maker. I see worldwide Wob just wants Kyle Lowry a ballist. I see New Yorkers are not happy about Kyle Lowry. I think he has been the like secret sauce to getting these like bench units going. Gee, you know why we're not happy about Kyle Lowry? Because well. none of you were happy about no, Kyle I, Lowry. I, I was. Listen, I was Kyle okay, Lowry. Okay, I understand. Apologist. You're the apologist, extremist, whatever you want to. I'm call an extremist yourself. now. <laughs> but guys, <laughs> can we have the Kyle Lowry conversation? We watched a Whopper video. We saw how you treated him nah, that, for that podcast most of the season. Regardless, okay. The point being. I stand by what I said before the series. I thought there was a depth advantage because I listened to every single Miami Heat fan that trashed their team and all these undrafteds throughout the season. That that was informing yeah. me. A lot of us did not see this coming. And what I – I don't even necessarily think it's a regret because I did mention it, but what I underestimated before the series was that y'all have been here before, that this core – was in the conference finals last year. And the Knicks, like it's Julius Randle made the playoffs once and was asked. Jalen Brunson made the conference finals last year, but as a number two, not a number one. And everybody else has not made it out of the first round or has never played in the playoffs before. So while we were able to benefit from that against Cleveland, which I, I just thought that I, I'm riding the high of like, okay, they got their playoff they look, experience. They Mitchell looked the Robinson. worst out of all this, Andrew. Cleveland, what, the Cavs, yes, they look the worst. Bro, yikes! Mm-hmm. The fact that the the Cody Zeller and Bam and Caleb Martin and Kevin Love have been able to turn Mitchell Robinson into a non-factor, and you have Allen and Mobley like questioning if like the lights were too bright after so five games against the Mitchell Ro- and like against Mitchell Robinson, not even Julius Randle, just against Mitchell Robinson. I, of course, assumed that that Mitch would be able to still exist. What I underestimated the most was the championship pedigree that the – I'll, I'll give it championship pedigree even though you guys haven't won it yet. An Eastern Conference championship pedigree. I mean, pedigree. Spoh's been there. You know, UD's been there. Lowry's a champion. Kevin Love's a champion. So, there you go. But I'm saying more like Jimmy and yeah, the guys yeah, yeah. that – like, bam. Like, the, the and actual been to core the that was there yeah, last yeah, yeah. year. For sure. You know, like – the fact that y'all have been here before, we were able to get away with so much like the bad shooting and bad turnovers and Julius being a pumpkin in the first round and really nothing from quickly. And you still won it in five games, dominating fashion. And I underestimated just how inexperienced Cleveland was, just how not ready Cleveland was and the mistakes they made this Miami Heat team is not going to make. And since game one, it's been like they don't make a ton of mistakes. They don't turn the ball over. They're sound. Spo has them knowing exactly what they need to do on every possession. They're disciplined. The The video that DJ put out today of them making sure on all their threes, somebody's getting to the foul line. Gee, the most frustrating part about that, that's a Tibbs principle. He's been preaching it all season on all – because the Knicks take enough threes, but – that everybody's getting to the foul line, like crashing the boards is the next thing. Right. And so 
like that principle, which is why they missed Emmanuel quickly. He's good at getting those long yeah. rebounds, but like that's a Josh Hart thing. That's a that's an Emmanuel quickly thing. That's a Knicks principle that they've abided by all season. And to get beaten that way, that's why yesterday was so deflating, defeating, whatever you want to call it. And it's why, yeah, the, the coaching advantage that I said you had, I, I underestimated how much of an advantage it would be. The the depth being flipped. I know this started with Kyle Lowry. I'll get back to no, it. No, no, no. Listen, we, we, we're sure show that wanders. So don't, don't even worry. So, like, the depth flipping your direction is because your coach, like, took every single depth piece the Knicks had out of the equation. And... Yeah, I gotta I gotta credit Kyle Lowry for returning to playoff form all of a sudden. Kevin Love for being the veteran that knew exact uh, the, the the touchdown passes he he's been throwing since game one. The the high low uh, passes between he and yeah, Dan have been really really successful. The the you mentioned the pick and roll that he's been doing with that Kyle Lowry's been doing with Zeller on the second unit. That's the thing I didn't think like like when I looked at Cody Zeller, it's like okay, so like how soon before he's not playing? Yeah, in exactly. In in this same thing with Highsmith, the fact that Haywood Highsmith is a more productive piece of this rotation or just of this series than Obi Toppin is just like so disappointing to what the Knicks were supposed to be coming into this series. And while we knew we didn't have the top end talent advantage, whether it's Bam and Jimmy one and two, um, I always thought the Knicks, like if Brunson's at two or he's three, the Knicks still had three through five or six. And it's just, that's just like not the case. Like Brunson creeps into the top four or five and then like one through six or seven, I got to give it to the heat. That's how much this has flipped this series. And it's why the heat are up three, one. It's, it's crazy, Andrew. And I, so I, I watch and like, I don't even like, I didn't think they played that well yesterday. I thought Bam played well for like, can I give you an even hotter take? Please go. I didn't think they played that well in game three either. And the Knicks lost by almost 20 points. Although I was inebriated as fuck betting on horses that day. So I, I don't trust my judgment on how Miami played, but I didn't feel it at the time either. I thought actually, to be honest with you, I think the best game they played was game two. Without right. Without well, they didn't stay. The shooting got worse as the game went along. Yeah. I think if you want to look at the best that he'd have looked this series, I would go to the second half of game one. Absolutely. Um, yeah. That's, that's when the, they that's overcame the deficit. And that's the first time I was like, Oh, this is a, this is not the Cavs anymore. You know? And and like Jimmy, in a way, kind of sleepwalked. He he's been sleepwalking to those numbers, and they've been they felt quiet at least to to me. You know, like at one point I was like, how does Jimmy have the same amount of points as Bam? Right, and and it's it's like he's just doing a lot of just Jimmy stuff, right? Like slipping slipping into the right spots. Uh, that he's been more of a screener this series, which I thought was interesting. Uh, yesterday I looked at times like he just did not really wanna participate in offense in a scoring way, which I understand. And I imagine the ankle is a little tender. Um, he's a little bit more passive driving. Like he'll go in and he'll pump fake like three times and, and then he'll like kind of come out. So that he hasn't like had to like engage that part of his game. Um, it does look tender, but he's still, and, and the shooting percentage has dropped a little bit. Um, but you know, he's been successful on post-ups, which I think that was kind of something that, uh, you know, hasn't been there this year for him. But you know, historically, he's really good. I thought the switch, by the way, from Hart to to uh, to Grimes was probably the right choice for 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 the Knicks. But I thought it was a funny choice considering that I heard a lot about how Josh Hart was gonna be the Jimmy stopper. I th- from I, who? I have to stop you. From who? Oh, like Twitter. Ah, oh, okay. Like just gotcha. like, just like Twitter, like the 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 thing that is Twitter. Um, and I I think Hart's done like a pretty good job on him. I just think that it, it's, you know, it's, he's too small, Ernie. And, you know, he just gets, you know, bulldozed by a guy that's just, like, way stronger than him. And, and really, I mean, if J- Jimmy was doing that to Drew, I will say that, like, he does the thing where he plays Jimmy up a lot closer, which I think kind of bothers Jimmy, which Drew didn't do because Drew has, like, a longer wingspan. But I, I think they've Jimmy's comfortably kind of won that matchup. And Quint Grimes is another guy that I think he kind of handily wins that matchup. The Knicks haven't really thrown enough size at him which I think has been weird, but they have thrown a lot of help. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, but I, I'm, I'm going a little all over the place because I... No, yeah. you're right, though. Like, they, the two games this season are two different coverages this season that I was curious which direction Tibbs would go. Um, it's how they guarded Giannis and it's how they guarded Luca. So in the Luca games, it was like, let Luca get his. You remember that game? Luca had 60, 20, and 10. It was against the Knicks, and yeah. nobody else had a good night. Like everybody else was bad. And the Knicks were up nine with 29 seconds left and blew that lead. It's one of the greater anomalies and collapses in Knicks history. Ended up not mattering in the grand scheme of things, but like that game, they were like, just let Luca get his and we'll make sure nobody else gets going and to the large part uh, outside of the the once in 13,884 percent uh chances of happening um that's the probability for blowing a nine point lead in 30 seconds left by the way not that i have that number not not that you've ever looked it up (laughs) you know boy being like they largely were successful in that kind of coverage with Giannis, the second and third time they played him that wall that you've seen jimmy have to face this 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 series where it's like any type of penetration he gets, they're putting multiple people in front of him. They're helping a ton. And it's like, if, if yeah, we're not going to let Giannis beat you. If Grayson Allen or Joe Ingles or somebody else beats you, then we'll, we'll live with it. And that is, that, that's literally what they've tried to do this series, which is why you've seen two things. in, in my opinion, happen. You've seen Max Strews and Caleb Martin and Kevin Love and Kyle Lowry and all these other role players and Gabe Vincent really get going and beat you this series. And, and this is a credit to Jimmy, the passing out of the double team that he's done all season, the play all season, all series, the, the playmaking for his teammates that he's done, the amount of dunks that the Knicks had, uh, excuse me, that the Heat had um, in game, game three and game four, it was like, I think we're we're treating Jimmy Butler like he's Michael Jordan. Now, granted, in the first round, he looked like Michael Jordan. But the emphasis that our all of our film guys has been saying is like, as good as Drew is as a defender, like you said, he's not the biggest of defenders. And Middleton is is nursing an injury. You've got bodies to throw at him. Let him be spectacular first, and then if he is, you adjust. But this is like the biggest criticism I have for tips for this series is they went in with this game plan, switched up the starting five that's worked all year and put Josh Hart into the starting five. And while they've forced, they've taken Jimmy, the the insane shot maker out of play, they've turned him into a playmaker instead. Playmaker and averaging the, 27 a game. Right. Like he's getting it in, in different ways. Like he's not averaging 35 a game anymore yeah. is what I'm saying. Like yeah, yeah. the buck series does not exist, but that's the other point. I mean, that's the other part that no one wants to say on Knicks, Knicks land that is defending the decision that Tibbs did to put Josh Hart in the starting five is it hasn't really worked. Jimmy's still getting his points. But I say all that to say that um, uh, Jimmy, while he is like a great player, I would have rather them like let him get going first and then adjust. And Tibbs just seemed to have come in with this game plan and sacrifice spacing and sacrifice shooting and sacrifice the formula that worked all season. Um, and it's why Knicks fans are really frustrated today. Yeah. And so like, so they put, they put hard in the starting lineup and mm-hmm. it's pretty clear that Miami is going to treat him the way Boston has treated PJ Tucker. Yep. Like it's Miami and Philadelphia. They're like, well, we're just going to help off this guy. Gee, it's how the Knicks treated Isaac Okoro. Yeah, like it was exactly. like, just let him shoot, you know? And, and, it, and it, I mean, it was popularized. It was, it was called Tony Allen, Tony mm-hmm. Allen. Warriors Andre Roberson. Yeah, yeah. yeah all, all, you know, that's a name. 
yeah. the, the Mavs actually did it and they called it Hasliming. I think that's like the first instance uh-huh. where I see it named, yeah, <laughs> which UD, you know, killed the Mavs in that in that series. Not killed, but really kind of dented them. But, you know, it makes sense, right? You're just going to help it. And then that guy is going to, you know, you're only strong as your weakest link in, in these kind of high leverage situations. I like the adjustment by 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 uh, New York to be like, okay, well, you know, um, Josh, if you're going to get the ball in the corner, you know, close out, like drive to the hoop. Yep. I thought that kind of gave him a little bit of life. And then Miami was just kind of sending that help from the nail a little earlier. And I thought their rotations have been really good. And I don't think the Knicks have enough shooters that they can swing the ball like boom, boom. Um, Cause it, it just, they really just lack shooters and it's just kind of discombobulated offense unless it's like Brunson do and, and Brunson do something. Brunson find a favorable matchup, which Miami has also just stopped switching and giving it to him. You know, ever since game one, after the first half of game one, they were dropping, you know, whoever they were putting in, letting the guy fight back. I mean, today, again, uh, yesterday, Randall was trying to get favorable matches and pick and roll, and Bam is staying on him, right? They're not giving up the switch. They're making sure that they stay home. They crowd the paint. They crowd the ball. You know, Jimmy at the nail, I've talked a bunch about, kind of really key to that. And they, they you know, they've employed very similar kind of strategies, right? Crowd these really good players, whether it's Brunson or Randall or Jimmy, and Obviously, those guys aren't like the level of playmaker. And for Brunson, I think the size is a factor too, because Miami's help is big. And I think that's like the big adjustment by Spo here, where that help used to be really small. And if it is small guys, it's Kyle who is like trying to rip the ball from you. So it makes you kind of have to go a little bit quicker than you want, because if you bring the ball down, you know he's there to kind of act. And yeah, it's just been interesting. It's just like nothing has really worked for New York. They they never really have had a thing. Andrew, that I felt like they have gotten going. I don't know if you feel like they've done if anything that you see that they've done. You're like, I like that. We need to build on that. Everything they kind of done. Miami's had like a little bit of counter for it. We talked about kind of the rebounding at the nail. Uh, I just talked about the dropping, you know, them, them kind of building the wall. They've all done these little things and it just hasn't worked out. I want to know if there's something, if you think that there's a card to be played. So a card to be played. Um, so I'll respond to your question with a question. Do you look at game two as like the only reason the next one is because Jimmy didn't play? Like, be honest. Like, if you if you do, that's fine. I think I think I think Jimmy not playing was a yes. And I think I I don't like doing the referee thing, but I, I thought the Scott Foster thing was the the four point play. I'm not gonna I'm not I'm not I'll gonna do up. Scott. I'm just, not gonna do the Scott Foster show, but. They don't call hey, that I man gotta, extended gotta for nothing. Highlight. I also have a highlight reel of illegal screens by Bam to go to if I want to talk I, about the referees. I want to say something about illegal screens. Illegal screens are the meta. Draymond does it. Garnett does it. Bam mm-hmm. has gotten good. Your guys have highlighted it. You can't fucking call that every time. And it's why I forgot what's the dumbass coach that that challenge. Oh, it was Bud. He, yeah, he Bud challenged did. an illegal screen. I was like, that's so stupid. Every screen's illegal if you letter by the law. Don't challenge that. Like, like not every screen, but like, there's a a lot of them in the league are legal. Like, letter if, of the law. It's if why you're like, pointing to one specific challenge. The the well, not even a challenge. I was talking was about a, buds. Is challenge. this the four yeah, point? The, uh, but like the four point play that happened in game in game two. Like, if you're was, pointing to that just that, weird. yeah, that was weird. I, yeah, the Knicks got a break. I think the bigger break was but the Jimmy not playing. Well, well, okay. <laughs> Yes, I was more talking about the ball that hit the rim. That oh yeah, uh, Vincent had it. Like the Knicks got a couple breaks down the stretch. Andrew, that that one bothered me, and that one I like. I'm not blaming Scott Foster for that because when I was watching it in real time, I was like, ah, that hit the rim. Uh, yeah, but it did. Why it's not challengeable too? I didn't understand. Because well, you can't challenge a call that was never made. But wasn't a 24 second shot? Like that's not can't a call. You challenge that's that that's just what happened. You know what I mean? So because it's not technically a call. Yeah, you can't, you can't challenge. Cha- you can't. Okay. Like, you can't challenge a no call on a foul, right? Like, if you felt your guy was fouled, you can't challenge that. You can only I guess, challenge a foul that you feel is not a foul. I guess what's not computing for me is, like, a 24-second violation to me is something that is called. I guess like, it's you're, like you're a, you've, you a violated something. of the something. rules. Right. Like, that is a rule that you broke. Well, like, like even you didn't Andrew, get a shot like, off in Let's say seconds. they can challenge that. Even if at best they have to jump it up at center circle, no. Vincent had the ball. That ball landed in his hands. That's how he possession. If anything, yeah, by the new rule okay, of like he get possession with a with a with a, with fourteen. Mm-hmm. It's not. That's not two points. 
I'm not even saying the two points. So like, it's what then led to the other? Like they yeah, were down yeah, yeah. one. I'm just saying that, that like that that bothers me because like even if you do that, like it's like what happened at the end of that Bucks game that never mattered. But like Lowry got the steal, and they said, okay, well he didn't have definite possession. You got to jump it up. When in reality, like that was points. You know, he was gonna like you know he was gonna get the ball. It was you know kind of the the, the machinations of. I made, you know, because I made a call, the game has to stop. And the, the way that the game was going to flow, blah, 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 blah. But to kind of circle back, to, I thought to game two. Oh, sorry. Yeah. And, and the reason being is because you kind of saw how Miami fell apart late without kind of a guy to hub. And listen, Bam has gotten better through the series, but I didn't think he was 100% healthy. I think he's starting to look like himself again. He did have uh, the hamstring, which, again, you're out there, you play, you got to be accountable for what you're on the court for. But in reality, I, I, Miami just did not have a guy to kind of settle their offense, which is usually Jimmy or Tyler. And Tyler's not there either, and he's a big part of their team. So, yeah, that was kind of where I was at. You know, I was like, well, Jimmy didn't play. The Knicks made shots, right? Miami has not really changed. They did not, uh, they have not reacted, overreacted to New York having a good shooting day just like Milwaukee. They've kept their defense and all that stuff. So that's kind of where I'm at with that game. Well, actually, so where I was going with my point was that I don't think it's that Jimmy didn't play. I don't think as much as the officials did play a role in that, um, I, I just personally don't like to. Unless I, like, I don't want to do this. Coffee. I don't want yeah, like, to. I don't like that. to do that. Yeah, because I don't like when other teams do it. Listen, it, it happens. Everybody, everybody gets favorable shit at some point in the series. I don't want us to be that show, but yeah. Where I'm where I'm going with this is that it's the only game the Knicks shot well from three. They went seventeen. They shot forty percent from three, made seventeen of them. But I think that's a. I think part of that's Jimmy uh, Andrew because I thought that was the only game that they got real downhill, consistent penetration, and because Jim. So Jimmy's help at the nail, I think, is so important to Miami's defense because they're really not a big team, and you need that wing to stunt on those drives to give your guards a chance. And I thought New York did a really good job of getting in the paint, like drive, pass, pass, wing three, blah, blah, blah. Without that line of defense, that now becomes Max or that becomes Gabe or I think Lowry's your best option there, but you want him as a low man, um, as a charge taker, as a guy who kind of strips. So that was, I, I think, and I said at the time, I go, they miss Jimmy on defense more than they miss him on offense. Because New York is getting in the paint, and that's the only real time they've done it. Whether Jimmy, like I'm obviously gonna give Jimmy the credit that he helps on defense. Yeah. I still like the Knicks looks in Game One, and they shot yeah, yeah. seven or four. They shot like, like that, and that, that's where I'm going with it. The rest of the series, the mean, all that every stuff, single yeah. time that the Knicks have lost, I'm not blaming like I'm not saying the Heat haven't forced them to get away from their penetration offense although i liked the offense that i saw in in game four and to your original question which i'm going to answer like the thing i liked about that that the, honestly the only offensive thing i've liked so far this series is the lineup they went down the stretch now it didn't have rj didn't have mitch they went to quentin grimes josh hart um Judd, jalen brunson julius randall and isaiah hartenstein randall at the, yeah um randall didn't take a shot in the fourth quarter too which is another weird thing about this team is I'm sure you have a Julius Randle question. Um, but to my point, um, the that specific lineup that I'm talking about in just 14 minutes has a 146.2 net uh, offensive rating. And I'm like, shouldn't matter what the defensive rating is, but it, it is a, a, a positive 42.3. I'm not saying it would be that over an entire game or if the sample size got bigger. They have tried it throughout the series at times, and it's led to tiny runs here and there. But it's just it's a lineup with spacing and I it's the the one lineup they've gone to that I've thought has worked the best throughout the series and it's specific lineup combinations that I wish Tibbs would try that isn't like very hockey shift ABA like yeah. okay our point guards off now our back point guard comes in um so that's really the only time I've like liked the offense um as far as like the shooting goes it's it's why I give Spo the most credit. Now you guys went to a zoning game too, which might have also contributed yeah. to and um, they, they tend shooting to well that. from from three. They do that without Jimmy because then when Bam's off the floor, now you get real dicey because now you have Zeller or Love. You don't have a wing defender that is like you know. I mean Caleb is technically a wing, but they like him on guards. Um, that he doesn't do well against guys bigger than he is. So they played a lot of zone in game one too, though, right? Uh, not too was much. it a mix? They, they they kind of 
did not really play a lot of it. As far as I remember, I might have to go back and check. It was just packed numbers. to paint. You can't. Yeah. It was like, just, yeah. yeah just so it's not necessarily a zone, but this is why I say I like the looks the Knicks got. While, like, there's that incredible freeze frame that I put up during game one of all five Heat players in the paint while while uh, Jalen Brunson's driving. That was really funny. And you see, like, okay, Obi Toppin's on the wing wide open. Uh, RJ's on the wing wide open. Uh, Josh Hart's on the wing that, wide open. I think open. that fucks with you, Andrew. I think if you're, like, one of those guys, I think that fucks with you because then those shots aren't in rhythm because the guy that gets in the paint off that kind of defense, he's going in and, and, and because he's seeing so many bodies, I just don't think the passes are great. So it's like when you got to like reach over, kind of come mm -hmm. back, readjust, think, re think about it. And you're just like, man, they just really don't respect me at all. And I, I got to imagine that that psyche plays, you know, and that's kind of we, we've seen it, you know, enough to, it to feel that. It's why if I had to like, like, I haven't liked much of the Knicks offense throughout this series. And it's literally just the one game that they made threes is the one. Cause I mean, you found this out, I think during the season, like they have a formula. I think you even mentioned it before the series also with your conversation with uh, Nikias, like the, the Knicks offense is very solvable. Take away offensive rebounds. Don't turn don't over the ball them. a ton. Yeah. Don't foul. So they don't beat you at the line. And the fact that you neutralized that and made them take threes and have to beat you by like playing basketball, yeah. um, it's it's now led to this where the Knicks are being beaten by not being able to shoot really well. And the like the tough part is that like a lot of a lot of Knicks fans are like, well, it's because Josh Hart was in the starting five over Quentin Grimes. Well, Quentin Grimes up until yesterday had made three field goals in the playoffs. So I can't necessarily point to like that being the fixer. I do think the Heat would have guarded him differently. If he was in the starting lineup from game one, I can't I can't say that seven for whatever it was in game one and eight for 40 in game three is all because of a starting lineup change. Like Jalen Brunson is two for 19 from three in the three losses that they have. Julius Julius Randall. Um, Julius Randall is having one of the one of one the of series the, of all time. Um, I, we could just talk about it now. He's having a a trust issues series because Knicks fans are still scarred from two years ago when he turned into a pumpkin against Atlanta and convinced TNT and ESPN that Trey young was doing anything other than shooting inefficiently in a five game series. Um, and then this postseason, they really didn't need him against the Cavs. It was RJ that took the leap. And in this series, while he helped them win game two, these last two games in Miami have really been, like indictments on his Knicks legacy and the trust is just out the window. He either needs to lead them to a game seven or we're going to be back to a summer of like, what do you do with Julius Randall? Even though I don't think the front, I think the front office's answer is nothing. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of difficult to see like, you know, I, it's, it, it's a tough spot. For, I don't want to talk too much off season, but it's certainly a tough spot for New York. Yeah. I saw somebody in chat say that they're surprised that they haven't gone more of Randall at the five. They did it a huh. little bit. You don't know Tom Thibodeau. <laughs> yeah. Oh, trust me, we're familiar with his game. <laughs> yeah, um, well, that person, I'll say. Tom does – so I'll say this. John Macri, uh, the host of our show and I, um, we had a bet before the season because he has the utmost trust and faith in Tibbs. He is a Tibbs apologist um, for right for, – for better or for worse. I do think, like, way too much shit gets thrown at the coach, but um, – that's every fan base except the Heat. Although I I remember listening to no listen uh, listen he I, I listened to Hangover Times yeah, after people, the, some people, regular season people were games. Mad at um, point being, Tibbs is like his religion is forty eight hours of rim protection, and John before the season was like, let's make a bet on how many minutes Obi and Randall will play together because I believe he does trust Obi and will so go funny. to these these Andrew. smaller lineups. And I was like over under ninety nine and a half minutes together. And if it's the over, I'll, I'll buy you whatever drink you want at your favorite uh, bar in Brooklyn. And if it's the under, you you buy me something. And it it barely cracked, cracked 60 minutes this season. So, Yeah, I mean, and that's that's something that's played. Um, so if you're – I was going to say Chicago. I'm so used to Tibbs being a Chicago. Mm -hmm. If you're New York, your offense is kind of stagnant. You're not getting enough looks. I think part of it is you don't want to simplify Miami's defense. Because now you're just bam on him. You don't really have to worry about like you're getting killed on the boards. You could probably even switch more. And you can probably muck up Randall a little bit more. So I get why they don't do it. I'm just surprised they haven't tried it more. 
maybe you just maybe they just know. And again, if I'm Spo, I want that. Like that's that's a move I want. Right? I'm just mm-hmm. like, oh, we could we could play we could play our stuff because right now they're not like playing their base stuff. Right? They're they're dropping. They're doing shit that they don't do normally. So yeah, it's just kind of like that interesting pillar has been weird. If I'm the Heat, I'm going into Game Five. Um, not much. I, I think that they don't have to do much. I, I think that you know, and as far as adjustments go, yeah, I, I think. Why would sitting, you? Why would you change anything? Yeah, no, I, and because yeah. I mean, I don't think New York showed anything in Game Four that you're like, okay, they should prep for that. Um, I saw somebody in chat mentioned Gabe guarding Brunson full full court was nice. Yeah, that's something that, that such a spo. Uh, bravo no but that shit because gabe spo loves to make gabe get his steps in that's mm-hmm. like uh that's like that's the spo special with but gabe and i get thought, why i did it right like brunson had to play because quickly was out brunson was yeah. gonna play as close to 48 minutes as possible so guess what you're getting pressure from the third quarter on they don't the have time you get inbound the ball andrew and i think mm-hmm. this series has kind of highlighted that weakness of, of their roster they don't have the ball handlers especially with quickly out to just to, to have enough that kind of easily beat that stuff. I don't think New York gets into offense quick enough, which is something that Miami did not do this season. And this series, they're moving. They're getting into sets really quick, which just kind of surprised me. But even Gabe, early in the series, I thought Brunson was kind of really, really just torturing Gabe. And I think as the series has gone on, Gabe has kind of adjusted to the strength of Brunson and kind of his his movements, which, and I've said on the show, he's a good player and his movements are very fucking weird. And that throws dudes off. Right, because he's like has really good change of direction and 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 he has great body control, so that throws that throws motherfuckers off. Gabe, yeah. I think, has adjusted really well, and they've kind of had to help. So, if I'm Miami, I don't think you got to do much. I, I think you kind of live with the shots New York is taking. I don't think quickly. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't think Grimes did enough in that game to make you be like, okay, well, we got to change. Maybe 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 play him a little differently if he hits some shots. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really think there's too much, I, I, but, but if you're in New York, you know, you're kind of running out of time to, to have a Trump card. Kind of <laughs> down three, one, you know, like it's, do you feel they quit Andrew? Do you feel like, no. you don't feel, well, there were times in that game yeah. that I felt like I felt it was, there was a little bit of quit in them. And it, it just, it wasn't as hard as it should have been. It felt it did. That did not feel like a playoff game. So there's two sides of that. I don't think. I, and I don't want. I want to. I want to clarify something before you go. I don't. I don't like calling professional athletes quitters. Oh yeah, and I, yeah, I just want to be clear. It just there was something. The vibes were not there. Is kind of where I'm going. Yeah. And that's like really noble of you and really respectful. And I appreciate that. I'm about to do it with Julius Randle. Um, I don't think Jalen Brunson quit. I don't think R.J. Barrett quit. Mitch is this weird. It's this weird personality. That man was where, on Twitter at 4 a.m. fighting yep. with people. Believe this afternoon he has a like. I'm I'm out here. Um, <laughs> I'm helping on every play. Like, why am I getting called that out? That shit was when, so funny. That was at four in the morning. And yeah, so so it was earlier than I read yeah, it. Then. it um, the point being is, I think like the majority of the rotation. And I thought they played hard last night. I thought the the fourth quarter was so annoying. Because they were they were gassed. Like I I've, I attributed the offensive rebounds to fatigue to like is like that is a, a again the tip yeah. staple of get to the get to the get to the elbow get to the line on long threes is like oh so they're not executing and they're, that that preaches fatigue um, especially when I've seen them do it this year and that's why I attributed more to that the lack of effort from Julius Randle. Um, in the first half, those turnovers that turned into pick sixes look no further than like this is a clip that's going around today. Shout out to uh, Zach Blatter over at the Strickland where he did a whole thread of Julius Randle walking in his defensive rotations, not even putting a body yeah, on on a, on a pick and roll, a pick and pop that led to a Kevin Love three, not even bothering to actually run uh, Max Struess or Gabe Benson off the line. There is a Kevin Love blow by of Julius Randle. Like, gets the ball on the wing and then just takes him to the rim. You are an all-NBA player, and the ghost of Kevin Love is taking you to the rim? Like, I, I'm, I'm sorry. The, the the effort just was not there. And then he goes on the the postgame yesterday and says that um, maybe they wanted it more. Maybe uh, – maybe, 
that was fucking wild for you yeah. to say that. For him like, to say that. Must, <laughs> yeah, like you of all people yeah. to say that. Like that was fucking like, dude, Like if Draymond says it, it's different. You saying it is like fucking I was I, I had to. The, Andrew, yeah. I had to double check to make sure that I wasn't being got by like some fucking AI thing. And the the full quote being so like, we need to decide if we want to, because the question was about um, 50-50 balls. That the yeah, Knicks yeah, have yeah. gotten to all season that they're not getting now. And the the, the extra effort, because the Knicks are not going to be able to outshoot you or out-talent you. They're gonna, the whole season it's been, we're going to out-tough you. We're going to out-execute they're you. Doing, gonna, they're doing the heat thing, really. They're, doing right, the Riley, they're, they're really doing the Riley heat thing. Well, we look at it as the, the Riley-Nick thing, but I understand why you would go to that way. The point being, I hearing him answer that with like maybe they wanted it more and then follow it up with like we need to as a team uh figure out if we want to do those extra things and give that extra effort in order to continue our season and i'm just like you're saying that like you're the one saying that it's like if bernie madoff was like oh well you got to make sure your finances are in balance and <laughs> you know making sure that you're, you're checking your accounts and making sure money's all in the right place like you're not the messenger for this conversation, my friend. And so while I've done a lot of defending of Randall this year, I can't help but be disappointed by that that first quarter effort. I commend him for hitting tough shots, which he's done all season. Like 20, shot, 20 points on 13 shots is actually like a really efficient offensive game. I thought this was a game that your All-NBA All-Star was supposed to get 30 and have like 15 boards and be – a difference maker on both ends. And we just didn't get that. He he looked like he was here to get his points and contribute in certain ways. I know he's missed time with an injury. I know he's probably not a hundred percent. Jalen Brunson's dealing with a hip an ankle, a, a hand, like he's six feet tall and getting targeted on every offense, uh, defensive possession. And he's playing his heart out, keeping this team with a pulse down the stretch. I've got, I've got so much smoke for Julius Randall. And it's so disappointing that this guy that I bought back into is now going out sad like this. You're just like, I can't believe he brought me back in. Yeah. It's very much like Godfather three. Like just when I thought I was out when bro, when he hit that shot against you guys earlier in the season, I was like, all is forgiven. You've now given me a memory the against the Miami Heat. to say we're back after saying it's over. Yes. Now it's the opposite. It's, it's like, I feel like Nick fans are super out on him. It's hard to trust a guy like that, especially now that look, I will say it is funny, the larger though. context of this season and what it's been. I need to pull like receipts of myself being like, just win around and I'll be happy because they went around. I'm happy. It sucks that this is going to be a chapter in the life, Knicks. Andrew. Listen, the, it's not even that the expectations it's if we had lost to the Bucks, it would have been an honor to lose to Giannis and the one seed on their path to a title. Now, like the eighth seed that the, the Heat is are gonna beat us. A it's team a that you guys thought that rivalry. A, a team you guys straight up thought you were better than. I still do. Yeah, I think you've outplayed a team that's better than you. That's the Heat's motto this entire postseason. I think the Knicks were better than the Miami Heat. I think the Heat outplayed a team that's better than them. I did that in the first round too. It's a credit to the Heat. It's not a knock. Come on. I, I I'm old enough. Gee, you were the eighth seed. I know. I'm old enough. I'm old enough to remember. When I was on your podcast and I said that, mm -hmm. that Miami would win, and I was called crazy. I'm old enough to remember, but you did. They I, listen. Miami had a clearly we, overestimated what Julius Randle would be in the postseason. We talked about how miserable a fucking season this was as Heat fans, mm -hmm. and credit to them. I mean, they they turned it around. The Spopa dope is real, as Chad says. Um, you know, their defense doesn't have the same bite as last year, and yet they feel they're getting production from guys. Three through fucking twelve, really. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is pretty, pretty incredible. Like, you know, if they do, if they are so lucky to to not so lucky, but if they are, uh, to make the next round of the playoffs, as my camera goes out twice in the same show, that's a record. You know, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna have, probably have to cut their rotation. You kind of wonder if the Zeller and Highsmith minutes kind of come to an end. Bam has to play, you know, thirty eight, and Love is playing some backup center minutes. That's TBD to see if who they play between the Celtics and the Sixers. Truly. Truly a a, a, a a run of hatred of all time for me between the Knicks mm. and then one of Boston or Philadelphia. Now, now Andrew, I hate Philly more than I love oxygen. Fucking, I we, we share this. I hate that. I city. hate Embiid. I hate them so much. 
Yep. Um, Rocky's overrated. That show, Rocky I'm so glad it's filmed in L.A. Rocky stinks. Yeah. Uh, although I'm at war with, with Nick fans, and I'm at war with – I even had to tweet mean to Ben Stiller the other day. Yeah, I saw that. I love Ben Stiller. I, 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 I had to – my favorite ign- movie. I was like – Ignore and not react. I was like, oh, I was like, okay. I love Ben he's Stiller. Ben, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Unproblematic king. <laughs> I take it back, uh, Ben. Yeah, you were you were in the the Wesley Snipes uh, New Jack yeah, City. Yeah, dude, that's exactly what had... it was. I, I, <laughs> exactly. I, I called him irrelevant, and he only had one hit. Mm-hmm. So that's not true, Ben. I love your movie. And that's where, gee, I saw the tweet, and I was so close to going cinephile on you. Then I was like, hater first, analyst second. There we go. You like, get it. Ignore it. You get it. <laughs> ignore it. Oh, I get that the show. Was Andrew, yes. that was on fucking like eight min juleps. After, I figured after I lost like 300 <laughs> bucks on a Japanese horse. I took a step back before I hit send. <laughs> I was going to be like Tropic Thunder. Good meet you and like uh, Classic. Uh, the show on um, on uh, Apple TV right now. Severance. Uh, Escape from Danamora. Like the guy is not only a great uh, actor, he's a great director. And then I was like, hater first. Not even not canceled. Second. You know, one of the rare. Right. Like, one of the right. rare guys that lasted without getting canceled. So but. Andrew, thank you for making the time for our little program. It is fun. It is interesting. I like, you know, I, I was, I, I didn't want to come on here and shut on Nick fan. That's a hangover time thing. If you want, if you want that, just, uh, <laughs> I hate to say this as much as I've become a fan of <laughs> Miami heat being a hangover time. I've chosen to opt out of the most. No, you missed, you missed yesterday. You missed. I heard, I did see the two minute clip. Of, what are they listening to? The Nick Sports Talk Radio. No, Nick Spaces. Oh, listening to Nick Spaces. That was, listen, that's what that I can't is. take much credit for things on Hangover Time. That was my idea. I'm so glad that has gone well. We did that last year as well. Just listening to Sixer Spaces. It really the genesis of it was how can I fucking make? How can I laugh at Sixer fans more? Sixer Spaces were wild, mm-hmm. bro. They were fucking wild. Uh, well, we had a uh, what's that guy? Uh, KD, don't you regret coming to the Knicks? Yeah, yeah. He was talking yeah, about Danny us Durant, and his spaces. Yeah. He's like, oh, we got fucking Miami Heat beat in here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm glad New York's familiar with our game, but you know, um, you know, all in all, I, I think the series has been kind of a, a very strange basketball series where there's been a lot of uh, little adjustments, not really big ones. Can I ask you a question? Yes, sir. Before before we go, Absolutely. um, so I have to ask. Not that I'm admitting defeat, but I'm con- considering the evidence in front of me, uh, expecting it. Um, who do you like in the second, the third round of this playoffs? Specific, like either Boston or Philly. Who would I rather play? Yeah, like who would you rather play? Oh, if if Miami were to win this series, I would rather play Philly because I think Miami has shown you the formula that they know how to make and beat a turnover factory and. Uh, Harden's little run is cute. That that comes to an end. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, and and I will say this, and I've talked to Boston people. You know, they hate their team. They, they hate the, they, mm. the shit they say about Jalen Brown. Which, Honestly, but both teams hate their team. <laughs> I think about it. Both teams I just hate their I just team. think that Boston, they're both kind of shaky. I just think Boston would probably be tougher to score if you're in Miami. Mm-hmm. I think um, I think I do a, think the coaching advantage is huge, though. I will say that on both sides, really. I mean, true. But like, Doc, you can at least be like been you? there before. Uh, I listen, guess, I guess. get up, get down three one and then like you Ubuntu. got them right where you want them. Uh, yeah, I I'm saying the the Missoula factor. I, Missoula I would looks not fucking scared, bro. Have you seen him? He does. He yeah. looks fucking scared, dude. I don't know if it was our, a pod we did during the season or not, but I I've been on this since the Knicks beat them in overtime in January that like we got to look at the Celtics run last year. And while they're the defending East champs that was two wins away from a title, it wasn't like this dominant, they're shaky, like, dude, they're overwhelming shaky. thing. They lost, they were tied or trailing in the fourth quarter of every game of that net series, losing that series through five against, against Milwaukee were a shot away. And honestly, a healthier heat team away from not making it to the finals and then probably should have beat the Warriors and lost the series. They should have won. So I'm not as like the Atlanta series probably should have been a sweep. Went to six. That was, that was to me the moment where I was like, Oh no, this team's like a lot more. I thought they were vulnerable going in. I mean, that was a yeah. matchup. I, 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 I took my, I told myself going into the play and I'm like, when I, I was classic counting my eggs before they hatch, I was like, I didn't, I, I don't know if I told you I planned, I made fucking plans that Friday of the bulls playing <laughs> game. Cause I thought that Atlanta one was so secure. 
Now mm. I would have told you, yeah, I, I don't hate. I like the Miami matchup against Boston. I wouldn't pick them to win. I, I think they could push them to six. You know, me thinking, me thinking of a bad Heat team. Uh, you know, not not now now whatever we have now is where you know it's a little different. But can I ask I, you one more question? Yes, sir. I know we're running long, but yeah, listen, um, I have time for you always. So, if they win against Atlanta, how does the playoffs play out? That's a great question. I think so. They have, I don't know. I've thought about this a lot, and I I don't know. Obviously, Giannis going down really kind of tilted the axis of the league. And credit to Miami because a they won all three games that Giannis played, um, and b you know they played really well. They 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 just looked awesome. They looked awesome. I don't know if they that was a little bit of revenge from them as well. I don't know if Jimmy could have done that against Boston. Although we saw him do it last year, absolutely shredded them. The drop that Milwaukee employs allows Miami's role players to get a little bit more involved. And I think that series in a weird way got those guys going and it's carried over. I'm actually, Andrew, I'm a little worried because listen, we've talked about this. These are not the two best teams in the Eastern conference. No, the competition from Milwaukee to New York is like obviously a downgrade. I think even the most trying Nick fan would agree. I'm a little worried about intensity ramping up because I did not feel like that was a playoff game and game three felt like a playoff game. But yesterday did not, and and I can I I mean I'm not picking I listen I don't pick shit I I don't want to jinx anything, um and I don't know because Miami can come out and not know how to shoot the ball again and then all of a sudden we're talking game six but you know there's a world where New York comes out a little flat and they pack it in there that world exists right you know I I I'm not as confident as any Nick and Seven fan that's out there I I, I kind of think Wednesdays. Judgment Day. Yeah, and like that could happen. Like they could come out and they could have a bad shooting night, and Brandle could be fucking pissy, and and Brunson's the only motherfucker out there trying shit, and Mitch with his fucked up hip or whatever, and like, oh, right, we'll pack it in. I mean, we've all we've all seen it, right? There's mm-hmm. plenty of teams have done it. So you know they would have like kind of these two games of like kind of blah, and then they'd have to go into maybe a, a series that these guys just played a seven game, you know, barn burner. So I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. I do know that I like the Philly matchup more than the Boston matchup. I think that they have a recipe to defend Embiid and make him turn the ball over. Harden just does not scare me. I don't know. They, if you switch Bam onto Harden, it just sort it just short circuits him. And he had one little cute game against him in the playoffs, and I saw what he did in the elimination game. They know what they're doing. Missoula's not Missoula's not him, you know, like like the way Spo is. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I'll just be totally honest with you. There's there's two parts of what I'm about to say. I like you guys against Boston. I It's funny you say against Philly. I think that series goes six or seven. I have no idea what version of Harden you're getting, what version of Embiid you're getting. I don't know who would I pick, but I, I like I like what they can theoretically do. Right. I, I, this leads to the second part. I kind of need the Miami Heat to take either team, either win the, the conference finals oh, we and go can't. to the finals. Listen, the second they beat the Bucks, it's like they can't lose to the finals because I'd have to deactivate. Right, because I also, like, as a Knicks fan, will sleep better at night if it's like, oh, like, the team that made the conference finals showed up last year. The team that was a, a shot away from the finals showed up. Jimmy Butler legacy run. This is his Hakeem in 95 playoff run like we were part of history like i can live with that if you were a, a stepping stone to an all-time great history and just a reminder that as cute as uh, there you're welcome as cute as this jalen brunson and uh julius randall thing has been you need to go get one of the top 10 guys and i i hadn't said it on nick's film school yet so i'll leave you with this like we did a patreon power ranking of the top 10 players remaining in the playoffs when the second round started and I went one through nine and was like, I haven't listed a Nick. And I was like, do I go James Harden or Brunson? And I was like, okay, because this is a Knicks podcast, I'm going to say Brunson, but I'll hear out James Harden. And that was the first indication of like, all right, maybe there's a talent thing that they are not going to be able to overcome as we get later on. And I wonder if against a team like Miami, that shows up. And unfortunately, as great as I think Brunson is and as great as I think he's been, honestly, since game two of this series, um, I have to 
I have to now go back to understanding that it's great to have depth and Memphis learned that the hard way this year, that depth doesn't always win you everything. But um, yeah, that, that was my first indication that maybe it, so some things are going to have to continue to go right in the margins. And they just, they just haven't for us this series. I'll leave us with this. Cause I do want to shout out bam for one second mm-hmm. um, because I think he has gotten a lot of ire from the fan base. Um, but the way he's played on both ends has been sensational this series. Um, you know, he's he's had games where he's not the most complete offensive player, but what he's given you on defense, I think, is just cannot be stated enough. He is one of the best players in the league, and I think he's a beyond-the-box score kind of guy, just like Kyle, and his impact every night. And, and you've seen it in that Milwaukee game. In game five, on a closeout, he will clamp the best player in the league, when it counts and i think you as nick fans have seen as well you know when when rubber hits the road you know he's been when games matter you know he plays his best defense and i think randall has seen it uh brunson has seen it you know everybody has felt it i think on defense he has been felt uh, as a rebounder he's been felt uh, against guys that are bigger than him that a lot of people thought that my that new york's front court had the advantage against bam you know as an undersized center but just want to give him his flowers, man, because mm-hmm. he's gotten shit. And, you know, New York basically just mowed uh, maybe one of the darling front courts in the league. And for Bam to kind of have race level, just want to give that guy a shout out because I love that guy. And I think yeah. that he deserves more love from everybody. Uh, you know, another second team, all defensive accolade for him mm-hmm. today. Congratulations hope, to, hope to he Bam. Gets more first. You know, it's funny. Fans are like. Yeah, that's nice. We need more first up in here because he's 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 that, he's that good. Uh-huh. You know, I, I don't see Brooke Lopez playing right now, but uh. it's why it's a regular season award. It's why I'm slowly starting to realize how very little the regular season matters now in today's NBA. Between Miami and and the Lakers, they're just uh, dude. If that's the finals, two playing teams, one that lost the playing game. If that's the finals, Andrew, all time hater, all time hater, run for me. Yep. All, oh yeah, all time, get all time, bro. It, it's fucking that. Would, you get the that bucks, would actually be the next. I'll get. actually end with this, Andrew. If they win the title off that run, mm-hmm. I think Jimmy's the second greatest Heat player ever. Jeez, I think it's you got to give ahead it ahead of Wade. Ahead of Wade. No. Well, Dwayne's the first. You just said he, you just said that you think Jimmy's the greatest. Heat I said player second ever. greatest. Oh, I said second greatest. Oh, uh, I thought I thought I heard first. No, no, second, second okay. greatest. Yeah, second greatest. Can't, so, it's that's not already true. Depends who you ask. I think okay. a lot of Heat fans will say that's already true. I think he does need the title, although okay. he's knocking on the door. You know, I just, you know, LeBron was great, and I and I said this on Twitter. That was hired hired help though. You know, and that's what he was, and he listen. And I said on Twitter, he did not love us, and we, you know, I think people want us to simp after this guy who didn't love us back, and. That's not what the fan base has done. There's a respect. Everybody here wants his jersey up in, in the rafters. There's no debate. There's a love and respect for that guy. Maybe a respect for that guy and a love for what he gave us. But there's not like a, oh, I love him. I wish the mm-hmm. best. And I think Jimmy has just, I mean, bro, Jimmy's fucking, you've seen it. I mean, he's, yeah. and, and then even after the games where he's going to eat pasta and fucking playing guitar, it's just like, who is this guy? He's awesome. He is heat culture personified, and it's why the the trickle down effect he has on the rest of the roster that is different than what the, and the he's Heatles not easy. were and what the big three are. He's was. not easy, and as the Heat say, they're not for everyone. He's not for everyone, but you know, kind of enjoying this run. And we'll see, we'll see what we get after Game Five if we're getting a Game Six and where that series goes. There is a lot of story left to be told here, Andrew, my friend of Knicks. Film School, thank you for joining us. Thank you for making the time for our humble show, Mr. Top 10, NBA, Global, <laughs> Apple, Rank, all that shit. You guys uh-huh. do a fucking phenomenal job. I have so much respect for this guy and everything he does. He's a good man, and he's he's really good at what he does. Plug your shit. Where can they find you? What do you have coming up? Convince Heat fans to listen to your shit. Mm. Well, specifically, if you want to hear Knicks fans be miserable after the three of the last four games of this series, uh, you can check out Knicks Film School um, as a podcast, wherever podcasts are available. 
Um, you can check it out on the YouTube on YouTube uh, as a YouTube channel. Um, we just search Nick's Film School. We do post game shows after every game. We go live. We've actually so we do super chats where people can donate and have their uh, chat read or comment read and then analyzed live on the air. Um, and we've actually had some Heat fans infiltrate the super chats and say uh, a lot of five bucks for Heat and five that have been out there. So if you want to come and get five bucks for the Heat winning in five games. I will hate it, but also not complain about it. Um, and then get that uh, coin. Exactly. And then if you want to check out Nick's Film School uh, and all of the work we do on social, um, it's at Nick Film School, S K O O L, because we're cool like that on all social media platforms. Make sure to check him out. Make sure to give yep. them a listen. And make sure to tune in. Sorry uh, about pregame. Uh, we didn't have a pregame show yesterday, but Frankie is back, baby. Coach Lou is back. I'll, I'm back. We're all back. You know, we mm. had, a lot of people were on vacation this weekend. Okay, we do. Uh, a lot of us didn't know that this might be happening. Can I do one thing? I know it's not like yeah, part of this right. show before, because again, I've become a fan of Miami yes. Heat beat outside of the last five hangover times. Um, take me out, Brass. Take me out, Brass. <laughs>